Welcome to the Embracing Water podcast. Today I'd like to continue the theme of energetic responsibility and to look at the area of sexual energy and in particular the mismanagement of sexual energy. And of course, I'm not looking at this from, you know, an outer moralistic standpoint but just energetically and as it pertains to a sadhana as a spiritual practice. And it's not to condemn or condone any practices, just what others and myself have found useful. So sexual energy really, you know, it's a, it's a lower vital energy, a fantastic energy when it's in harmony with our the rest of our being. And the problems can arise with the lower vital energy is that it can dominate our reason at times. It can really blind us to what's reasonable or what's good for us sometimes. Especially when we're younger, because with you know it is a, a vital lower vital energy, but it also has a physical hormonal aspect to it. And it also has a very, you know, you could say mental side as well, in that we have ideas of sexuality, what it will give us, how it, how it might gratify us, so to speak, or what's desirable. And of course, you know, what is desirable is often very conditioned into us by our culture, environment, by advertising, by films. And it's so much of like, you can see it, that sex sells. You'll see it from the woman draped over the Ferrari, you know, to the, the topless man at a rodeo or something. I don't These different things in films that are meant to titillate or entice us or eye candy to give us ideas and image of what's attractive. So often what we might find as desirable sexually is often conditioned into us. It's not even ours. It's kind of, it goes through time and it goes through changes. And often is very surface oriented. And then there's the whole area of, I suppose what you call it, sexual fantasy that we can really engage in that level of make-believe, but there's a sexual counterpart to it. It feeds our lower vital energies and desires and of course strengthens them and it will propel them and keep them going. So for, you know, with sex itself, if we look at just the energy of it, that it's an exchange between two people. And I don't mean not just an exchange, an expression, and it can be love, tenderness, and all different aspects to it, and fun, and, and it's enlivening. And there can also be deep patterns of shame, projection, greed, want, blame, coercion, manipulation. So it's a matter of bringing clarity to it. But there is an exchange of energy and not just of 
bodily fluids, but on a subtle physical level, an energetic level, when two people engage in sexual activity, they're deeply partaking of each other's energies and it imprints them. And so that has an effect. So one has to be very mindful of that and to become conscious of that and how that affects you. And of course that can be compounded if, you know, we're not very conscious often that there's, if people are drinking or drugs and under sex, there's a whole kind of movement of unconsciousness, a kind of play, a movement. And that can mm, divorce us from our deeper aspects of soul or reason or higher spiritual. So it's really how do we bring the, them all into a harmony that we're very conscious of our our sexual activity and impulses. And then there's the whole area of pornography, which is seeing a huge rise with the, I suppose, the dispersal of the internet and availability. And there's many people addicted to it. And it kind of feeds into a shadow aspect to sexuality and a kind of voyeurism, divorce from kind of love or higher aspiration. And it's kind of an indulgence in lower vital energies. It strengthens that kind of aspect of herself. So from a spiritual standpoint, it's not good for sadhana. And really, if one looks even deeper, like how many people in that pornography industry are traumatized, drug addicted, desperate for money, you know, deluded, unconscious, hurt, coerced, and that in, in viewing it, you're partaking of it and also endorsing it. It can only continue if people engage with it. It will drop when people disengage with it as they become conscious. So really it's a huge area, sexual energy, to really bring consciousness to, to light, light to it, to soul to it, because it has to be harmonized and brought in line and not to dominate. And the deeper we go in our sadhana, the more we really have to gain mastery in this area. There's an aspect of sexual gratification, it's that it's very temporary. There's sexual attraction and then the sexual act, making love or having sex, and then the temporary kind of gratification. And there's also this kind of urge to get and possess. And of course, sexual energy can be tied into intimacy and love and expression and tenderness, which is wonderful. But there's an aspect of our, our soul, you could say, our deepest aspect of our being that does not seek to possess or own, that doesn't need gratification because 
it doesn't feel it's lacking. And it has no desire to possess or to own. And it has its own beauty and love. So it's not so much that we have to like just try to quash the vital energy. The vital energy has to be brought on board to serve the sadhana. But we can also open to that deeper aspects of soul love, you could call it, that doesn't seek to possess, to own, that's not interested in, I suppose, temporary gratification, but really Perhaps we could say the union we seek is with the divine. So it's another area for your consideration and it's one that can be explored and opened and really it can bring a huge transformational aspect to our sadhana when our vital energy comes on board, supports our sadhana rather than being self-centered for gratification just for you know, temporary pleasure. So thank you sir, for spending some time with me and I wish you well.